what an honor it is to be here. Uh, I will say that, uh, you know, I got COVID uh, back in November, and I got really, really sick with it. I spent uh, five days in the hospital, and I wanted to go to church. And uh, my wife said, you know, I don't know if you're ready to go to church yet. And I said, I, I really feel like I need to go to church. And so we uh, came to the 11 o'clock uh, hour, and I was just going to slip in and then greet the people. And to walk from the car to the pulpit, was it just wiped me out. And then I had to get up and say something, and I, 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 I couldn't catch my breath. I couldn't, I couldn't breathe. And I'm feeling the same way right now. <laughs> I, 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 I can't seem to catch my breath. And, uh, uh, but, wow, what an opportunity to be here. I appreciate your pastor. He's a loving pastor. He's a good friend. And, uh, you know, he has uh, been at Landmark Baptist Church. He spoke at our couples retreat and uh, just did such a wonderful job. I had so many people come up to me uh, after that couples retreat and him preaching for us on that Sunday and, and said, uh, Pastor, can we have uh, Pastor Wilkerson come back out again? And I said, well, I, I don't know if he wants to come out here all the time, but uh, I'll definitely work at that and uh, just appreciate uh, him, the ministry here at First Baptist Church and uh, what a lot of memories for me here, and uh, just uh, just God's been so good to us, and I'm just so very thankful uh, to be here to be able to preach in chapel. And you know, you come here and you're actually treated like somebody. Uh, you know, back home, uh, I don't get the treatment that that I get here, and uh, I'm just so thankful uh, that the folks here at First Baptist Church uh, know how to treat guests. And uh, I just feel welcome, and I'm so glad to be here. Take your Bibles, if you would. This is a Wednesday night at Landmark Baptist Church. We study the Bible on Wednesday nights. And so uh, I want to see if I can't help you with a few things here tonight as we uh, just work through uh, just a little, little study in the Word of God and just something that the Lord shared with me. And I uh, hope that it will be a blessing to you this evening. It's good to see Brother Romero. There, Brother Romero, right there. And... Uh, I got to lead Brother Romero to the Lord years ago. I won't tell you all of the events that led up to it, but let's just say he wasn't doing well. And uh, God saved him and changed his life, and I'm just thankful. His brother attends our church even today, and uh, we're just so glad to have uh, had a little bit part there in the Romero family, and, and we're thankful for that. In Matthew chapter 3, maybe we'll just stand for just a moment here. In Matthew chapter 3, I want you to notice with me verse number uh, 16, and uh, we'll just read two verses here, uh, verses 16, 17, and just follow along with me uh, in the Bible. So we're in Matthew chapter 3, verse number 16, and Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the Bible says, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him, and lo, a voice from heaven, saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just pray again that you just uh, calm the nerves here for me here a little bit, Lord, and help me to be a blessing. I just want to be an encouragement. The Word of God is true. It's powerful. And Lord, I believe it's a help. And so, Lord, we ask for your help tonight for the listener and for the speaker. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Can you picture this? Jesus is standing in the Jordan River, and John the Baptist, he baptizes him, and Jesus stands up in the water. 
We see a couple of things here in verse number 16. The Bible says, and when Jesus was baptized, uh, he went up straightway out of the water. So he's standing up in the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. Now think about that, and I, I don't know if those around were able to see this, but in my mind, I picture as Jesus is baptized, and, and this is the anointing of the Holy Spirit upon him and upon his ministry, that he's going to go forward now and, and do the work that the Father has sent him to complete. And this, the heavens open. I don't know if anybody else saw that, but we know this. Jesus saw this. And the heavens open. And I don't know if he saw all the way up to the throne of God, but we see the dove descending out of heaven. And it comes and it lights upon him as the anointed one of God, the Christ. He is the anointed one. And then what we see in verse number 17, I think, is even more remarkable. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. God speaks to those around and everybody heard that. Everybody heard the voice of the Lord, and I just want to speak to you a little bit about when God speaks, when God speaks. And we see that here, the God, God is speaking. He says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And I believe this, this means a couple of things here for us. To, it, it means this, he, back in Genesis chapter 1, verse number 2, it talks about the Spirit of God, and the Spirit of God moved on the face of the waters. And the Spirit of God, since the fall of man, has been looking for a place at this time where he could land and he could light upon. And he lighted upon the Lord Jesus Christ, and again, the heavens are opened, and the voice of God says, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And it, it tells us about that he's well pleased because he lighted upon the Lord Jesus Christ, who was a sinless son of God, the sinless son of God. And he lights upon him. And uh, it shows that the Lord was pleased with him. And, you know, in the Old Testament, we read, and we see, and a lot of it was symbolic, but the priests of old and the uh, kings of old, uh, they were anointed with the Holy Spirit. But this anointing of the Holy Spirit or sig sim sim symbol of, now Jesus was God in the flesh uh, all the way from the beginning of his birth, but this anointing was showing the world that Jesus was the Christ and was going to perform a certain work. We see here in verse number 17, and lo, a voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And we just see that God is endorsing the Lord Jesus Christ by saying he's well pleased. And, and again, I just want to just take a few moments and just share with you just three thoughts when God speaks, when God speaks. We see him speaking in verse 17. Notice with me, first of all, God has spoken. God has spoken. Look with me in Genesis chapter number 1. Genesis chapter number 1. We know that God spoke and the worlds were created. In Genesis chapter 1, we see in verse number 3, And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. God just spoke, and it was so. Nobody today, even the scientists, can really uh, tell you uh, what light is. They, they know what light does. And, you know, the Bible talks uh, about God being light and uh, just, you know, being a pilot and 
uh, flying with uh, the goggles and understanding a little bit about infrared and especially uh, IR missiles, you know, and, and different things. We had the back on the back of a Blackhawk. It was an ALQ-144, and it, it was just an element that heated up on the inside of uh, 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 just a little uh, round device that had mirrors on it. And it would heat up, and the, the thing that spun on the inside of that, or on the outside of that element, would uh, had holes in it, and it would send out false signatures of heat that would uh, allow a heat-seeking missile, an IR missile, uh, to miss the, the plumes coming out of the, the turbine engines on the backside. And God said, uh, let there be light, and there was light, and he spoke. And uh, again, man doesn't really understand all of what light is, but they understand what light is. God is light, the Bible tells us. And I've shared this before, and I'm sure you, maybe you have heard this, but light consists of three different spectrums. You have ultraviolet light, you have infrared light, and in the middle you have what you and I enjoy right now, which is ambient light. You take away one and you don't have light. They all three are part of light. And God spoke and boom, there it was. He just spoke and light was there. And so light is very significant and it's uh, very important to us. And so we understand a little bit about light. You know, when you think about light, you have E, energy, equals MC squared. And from that little equation there, man has taken that and ushered in the atomic age. Energy equals mass times light squared. And that's what light is. And so we see uh, a light there for us. Now look at that. I just really messed up here. All right, let me get back there. That's a message for another day, amen? Look with me in Genesis again. Uh, verse number three, we see, and God said, again, God spoke, let there be light. In verse number six, in verse number six, and God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. Notice just those three words, and God said. Verse number 11, and God said. Verse number 14, uh, and God said. Verse number 20, and God said. Verse number 24, and God said. And verse number 26, and God said. And verse number 29, and God said. And so we see here that God has spoken, and one of the areas that he spoke to man is through the creative work that he did. And so God speaks through his creation, and God has spoken through his creation. Another area that God speaks is, uh, it, it's, it's a negative, but God has spoken through, his, uh, through destruction. Look with me in Genesis chapter 6. Genesis chapter 6. And we see that God speaks through destruction. In Genesis chapter 6, verse number 7, notice, and the Lord said, notice what he said. He said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. God spoke through creation. We see that. We understand six literal days, 24-hour periods. God spoke this world into existence. But here we seek that God spoke also in times past 
about destruction and indestruction. The people of this time, month after month, they had continued to do evil. They got to the point where they had outrun the grace of God, and God spoke and told of judgment that would come on this, this earth, and it did. And it did, and we understand that as the flood. But look with me in Genesis chapter 19. We see again that God speaks, and he speaks through destruction. In Genesis chapter 19 and verse number 24, we see here, Then the Lord rained upon Sodom and uh, uh, Gomorrah brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. Now understand, the angel of the Lord had come and told Lot and uh, his family to leave. God spoke to that angel and told them, hey, go get Lot and his family out. And then destruction would come. And so what we see here is God has spoken in the word of God. God has spoken through his creation. And God has spoken through destruction. And God speaks through instruction. Instruction. In the Old Testament, we know this, when Moses went up to Mount Sinai, God spoke to Moses. And Moses was able to come down with the law. And the law was given to the children of Israel, and the Ten Commandments were given to the uh, children of Israel, and it was spoken to uh, Moses, and he was given instruction. Now look in Exodus chapter 14. That was in Exodus 20 that uh, Moses was given that instruction. Now notice with me in Exodus chapter 14 and verse number 16. Exodus 14, verse number 16. The children of Israel at this point, they're having been removed from the land of Egypt and they're trying to get away from the Egyptian army, a mount on one side, a mount on the other side, the Egyptian army before. And notice with me verse number 16. God is speaking to Moses and says, but lift thou up thy rod and stretch out thine hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. And so God has spoken through instruction. He told Moses exactly what to do. Moses did exactly what he was told to do. He lifted up that rod. The children of Israel went through on dry ground. The Egyptian army followed them into the Red Sea. And of course, uh, they were drowned in the Red Sea. But Moses listened to the instruction that God had given to him. So we see that God speaks to us. He speaks to us through the creation. He has spoken to us through destruction that we see. He has spoken also through instruction, and he's also spoken through the resurrection. Look with me in Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28. I'm feeling a little bit better. Verse number 6. Matthew 28, verse number 6. Now notice. He is not here, for he risen. Now notice these next three words. As he said. As he said. Come see the place where the Lord lay. So the angels here were just relaying and reminding 
uh, uh, the disciples here that Jesus was risen from the dead because he said, hey, listen, uh, as Jonah was three days and three nights in the whale, uh, I'm going to be uh, three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. And so he had spoken this to the disciples, and he was fulfilling that, that he had risen from the dead, and uh, he was alive even now. And so praise God for that, amen? Uh, but understand here, and all I want you to see here uh, is the idea that God has spoken. He has spoken. Now, I believe this also. God is speaking. God has spoken and God is still speaking. God is speaking today. You say, Pastor Barlament, how does God speak today? He speaks to us through the Holy Spirit. Look with me in John chapter 14. John chapter 14. And verse number 16. John chapter 14 and verse number 16. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. I believe that God is speaking today because of the fellowship that we enjoy of the Holy Spirit that lives and, and abides inside of us. And it's a still small voice. Now, I, I don't believe that God is audibly speaking to us, but... Those of us that have been saved, we understand that God speaks to us through the spirit that lives inside of us, that bears witness, witness with our spirit. And God speaks to us and he relays to us what the will of God is for your life and for my life. I believe this, God wants to speak to you and I today and I think that we need to... Uh, uh, maybe take some of the noise and the chatter and the activity out of our lives and just rest in the Lord a little bit so that we might be able to hear the speaking of the Holy Spirit again in our lives. The Holy Spirit indwells us. How else is the Holy Spirit speaking today? Well, the Holy Spirit speaks through the gospel. Look with me in Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1 and verse number 16, Paul said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Paul's confidence in the gospel was that God was still speaking to lost people. And God still speaks to lost people. You say, well, how does God speak to lost people? They're dead. They're, 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 they haven't been quickened. They haven't been made alive by the Holy Spirit. Well, here's how he speaks. You see, when you're presenting the gospel to someone and you tell them there is none righteous, no, not one, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, the Holy Spirit says, did you hear that, dummy? You're a sinner. And when you share with them for the wages of sin is death, and that death isn't just talking about physical death going to the grave, it's talking about the second death, which will spent, be spent in the lake of fire forever. And the Holy Spirit says, do you understand? Because you're a sinner, you're going to burn in hell forever and ever. 
And then when you take the gospel and you read and you show them that God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, the Holy Spirit speaks to the person and tells them that Jesus loves you and Jesus wants to save you and Jesus paid your price for you and you can enjoy heaven one day and the glory of God for all of eternity the Holy Spirit begins to speak to hearts. And then when you get to the place where the Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, the Holy Spirit says, you need to do that right now. Every time you give the gospel and you watch someone get saved, I can assure you it has nothing to do with you. It's the Holy Spirit of God that's saying and speaking to that person, you have a great need you need to deal with heaven and hell right now. At the moment they put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible says that they're quickened, they're made alive, and the same Holy Spirit that lives inside of you and speaks to you now occupies a presence in their life and speaks to them. The Holy Spirit is still speaking. The Holy Spirit has spoken, there's no doubt. But the Holy Spirit is still speaking today. How else does the Holy Spirit speak? The Holy Spirit speaks through the church. Look with me in Matthew chapter 28. Matthew 28. Matthew 28, familiar verses. Verses 19, or excuse me, 18. We'll, we'll start there. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Now notice. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. That means go and teach them about Jesus Christ and about salvation through him, through the blood of his cross at Calvary. Now I want you to notice what he says here. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Now wait a minute. That ordinance, the ordinance of baptism, was given to the church. That just simply means you can't go home, fill your tub up with water, and baptize your children. That's all it means. Just like the Lord's Supper, you're not able to administer the Lord's Supper. That is something, that is an ordinance that has been given to the church. So we know here then that he is talking about the church. Are you with me? I, I want you to understand. He's talking about the church. All right, and so we know that the ordinance of baptism is given to the church. And he says, you can win them, but you bring them to church to get baptized. All right, now let's read verse number 20. Then what? Teaching them. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I'm with you all way, even unto the end of the world. So here's what we do. We go out and we teach them. We bring them to church and we baptize them. And then the pastor gets up and the Holy Spirit is speaking through the pastor as he's sharing the word of God and the Holy Spirit is speaking to the congregation. Have you been in a situation when you hear the pastor preach and you say, that's on me. That's me. And God speaks to your heart about a decision that you need to make of starting or stopping maybe something in your life. 
Now, the pastor is just teaching the word of God and the other teachers and, and, and uh, Sunday school teachers, but it, it, the church is still used by God to speak to people. That's why it's so important that we're in our place, amen? And so that we can hear God speak to us. So we see here that God has spoken. We see that God is speaking. And then thirdly, God will speak again. You say, how will he speak again? Well, look with me in 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4. First Thessalonians chapter number four and verse number 16. First Thessalonians chapter four, verse number 16. Now notice this. For the Lord, what's that next word? Himself. Shall descend from heaven with the what? Oh, wait a minute. You mean the Lord's going to speak again? Oh, yeah. You know, he's been silent for quite some time other than he speaks to us through the Holy Spirit of God, the comforter that he has given to us. But the next time mankind hears his voice, it's going to be a shout. It's going to be a shout. I don't know what we're going to hear, but I know it's going to be loud. You know, sometimes people think, oh, boy, did I, did I, did I miss the a rapture? No, you won't miss it because you'll hear it. You'll hear it. You see, God is going to speak again, and he's going to speak with a shout, the voice of an archangel, the trump of God, amen? And we're going to hear, come up hither. He's going to speak again, and what a glorious time that will be. He spoke the first time to mankind, and mankind murdered. God, God spoke to mankind. God murdered, or excuse me, mankind murdered the Son of God. The Holy Spirit speaks to you and I, and sometimes, let's be honest, we ignore the Holy Spirit speaking to us. He sent the Spirit, but I, I'm, I'm just saying that the next time he speaks, it's going to be speaking in terms of wrath and judgment. He's going to speak again. And Jesus is just waiting for the moment when he's going to hear the Father say, go get your bride. And he's going to come back for us. And mankind and you and I will hear him speak. Picture this. This isn't a movie. You're not a Hollywood star. And you're not going to escape the judgment seat of Christ. We're all going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ and we're going to be judged for those things that we have done in the flesh after we've been saved. And God is keeping track of them. And one day God, after we get up off of our face before him, because the Bible says every knee shall bow and every tongue confess, we're going to stand before him and our deeds are going to be recognized the good deeds will last. The bad deeds will be burned up. And I believe God's going to speak to us at the judgment seat of Christ. And he's going to talk to us. And he's going to share with us. Look with me in first, excuse me, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And verse number 10. 
For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that every one may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. You know, there's a lot of opportunities that we have come in our lives that we just let go. We'll be judged for those things that we haven't capitalized on for the work of God and for the cause of Christ. God is going to speak one day. He's going to speak to us at the judgment seat of Christ where our true character is going to be revealed. Who we are is really going to be revealed. And he's going to rebuke and he's going to reward. And thank the Lord that one day all tears will be wiped away from our eyes. God speaks. God has spoken. God's going to speak again. He's also going to speak at the great white throne judgment. Look with me in Revelation chapter 20. Revelation chapter 20. In verse number 12. Well, you just go back to verse 11. The Bible says here, And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. Then verse number 12. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. The problem with this group of people is they never got their name written in the Lamb's book of life. Verse number 14, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death, physical death first, and then the second death is being cast into the lake of fire. Verse 15, and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. God's going to speak, and here's what God's going to, this is what they're going to be found. God's going to speak, and he's going to say, you're found guilty. Your works were not enough to allow you to come to heaven for all of eternity. Works aren't good enough. It's only through Jesus Christ. And God's going to speak, and they're going to hear something like this. Depart from me, for I never knew you. Small and great, eloquent. They're going to probably try to have an argument as to why they should be allowed into heaven, but... God is going to speak again. And those without Christ will be cast into the lake of fire forever and ever. Now how sad that is. You think about some of the world leaders, that's their destiny. Not because they may be evil, probably because they are evil, but the truth is their number one unforgivable sin is they've rejected the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior. They're not saved. Alexander, I would imagine, Napoleon, I mean, great people of history. Hitler, Stalin, Putin. They're going to hear from God, just like everyone will bow before God, but they'll hear from God, depart from me. Your name's not written in the Lamb's book of life. And they're going to be cast into the lake of fire forever and ever. The Bible says, and the books were open, and another book was open, 
which is the book of life. God has spoken through his creation, through destruction, through instruction. God speaks today through the Holy Spirit that indwells the believer. God speaks through the gospel and, and how wonderful it is to be able to partner with God, to be able to share the gospel. And the Holy Spirit speaks to the sinner. And by faith, that person receives Christ as Savior. God's still speaking today, but we all need to be mindful of the reality that God is going to speak again one day. We'll hear his voice at the rapture. We'll hear his voice at the judgment seat of Christ. But what about all those lost sinners that will hear the voice of God at the great white throne judgment? If you're not saved, may I encourage you to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. If you are saved, let's also accept the reality that one day God is going to speak to every human soul that was born. And those without Christ will die and go to hell forever. It's imperative then that we would speak to them so that they can have the Holy Spirit speak to them versus the next time they hear from God is an audible voice at the great white throne. How important it is that we understand the truth and put that truth into perspective to be able to make it practical to know that God has spoken, God is speaking, and God's going to speak again.